Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica. And we have a special guest on the podcast today. Meredith Esselat is a principal in San Francisco. You are like 10 minutes down the street from Jessica right now as we're recording. Which is so fun. I love how small San Francisco is sometimes. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. So can you tell our listeners just a little bit about you, um, you know, your experience, and we'll talk a little bit about your book too, which I think is really important for our teachers to hear about also. Sure. Um, my name is Meredith Eslat. I am the over- author of The Overly Honest Teacher, um, Parenting Advice from the Classroom. Um, I am a 14-year veteran in education. Um, I spent my first decade in teaching middle school, uh, primarily seventh grade, but moved into sixth through eighth grade. Um, I'm currently the principal of Mission Dolores Academy here in San Francisco. And um, getting to see kind of the the side of education now from administration uh, versus being in the classroom on the day to day. Well, welcome. We're so excited to have you. I am so interested to see what the experience is like as a principal versus being a teacher, because I always thought I wanted to be a principal. And then I saw how much you had to deal with parents. And I was like, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I tell people it's like drinking out of a fire hose every day um, because it's just a constant barrage. And I personally love that. I love the energy and ever-changing dynamic of being an administrator and getting to really know all students versus the singular microcosm of my own individual classroom to really track the growth and progress and implement curriculum starting at the primary grades and moving all the way up through middle school. Um, But definitely parents is, is the primary role of the job too. But I think that's become part of the teaching experience too. I mean, you're dealing with the parents of your students just as much as you're dealing with the kids themselves. Yeah, so absolutely. True. That's very true. Mm-hmm. So what gave you the idea for your book, The Overly Honest Teacher? Because it's such an interesting perspective. We were saying before we recorded to hear like parenting advice, but from the teacher's perspective, I love that idea. So how did it come about? Great question. So my husband and I, I stopped teaching full-time in May of 2014. My husband had the opportunity to move to Dallas to work in tech there. And so I took a hiatus from teaching full-time and, and we moved to Texas. And I was, I was definitely missing the classroom on the day-to-day. I you know, had never not worked in teaching at that point. But I finally saw the forest through the trees and I started to record like, you know, just write down memories and anecdotes, definitely teaching middle school for sure. Just the mayhem and the hijinks that, that come with that. And then I started to reflect on the parent-teacher dynamic and Memories that I had of where my rapport with parents started when I was a first year teacher and oof, like what a rocky road that was and how I began to really work on strengthening that dynamic and strategies that worked in ways that I wanted to bridge the communication gap between teachers and parents. And in writing down those notes and those memories, like it turned into chapters and it became the overly honest teacher. And really the title evolved from the fact that I'm very candid, I'm very transparent, Um, I, I really, I'm very self-deprecating because as, as we all know, being a teacher, like you fall on your face a lot, Mm -hmm. but it really is about wanting to create that strength of ties between parents and teachers and for the betterment of our students. Yeah, absolutely. I know that that's such a challenging relationship. I mean, I remember some of my first conversations as a first year teacher, you know, I was 22 teaching high school juniors and the parents just had no respect for me. And so I just remember getting off of phone calls with parents and crying because of how they had spoken to me. And 
over the years, how much that has evolved, like the relationship that you have and that dynamic with parents just gets easier. I feel like over time, the more practice you have, but I also think it's so helpful for parents to know like, Hey, look, this is what it's like to be a teacher. Like, this is where we need your help too. In you know, really shaping your child as a student. Right. So do you have a tip Meredith for our listeners of something maybe from your book of what can maybe teachers do to really set the tone for that relationship with parents and have a positive experience throughout the school year? Yeah. You know, I think you have to be upfront, you have to be honest and you have to have those conversations. I mean, now we're in a zoom world, right? But the, the strategy that I had developed over the years, and I even recommend to my teachers now, is if what you need to convey to a parent has to be said in more than three sentences in an email, pick up the phone mm-hmm. or set up a conversation in person. Because so many times tone is misconstrued in an email and parents are reading those words. They are coming at it from, I want my child to be the best. I want my child to be successful. And they don't know the tone behind it where you're saying those exact same things, right? You want the student to be successful. You want them to be at their best. And so by being able to be in that same space and hearing one another talk, you're really able to make that connection around teamwork. Mm -hmm. Here's where the struggle is. Here's where we need to get to. And let's come up with some like a framework for how we're going to get the student to that point of success. So I, I think those conversations in person on the phone are so crucial. Let's hear yeah. each other's voices. That's I love that advice. Yeah. It's I'm, so practical too. It's like, okay, if it's more than three sentences, move on. You know, it's like, yeah. you don't yeah. have to think about it. It's so yeah. easy that mm-hmm. way. My mom used mm-hmm. to tell me that as well, you know, as a teacher kind of towards the end, everything was an email for the most part. And mm-hmm. my mom like, just yeah. call them I'm like, mom, it's not, you know, we're not 50 years ago. <laughs> I'm a teacher for like 25 years, but looking at how you put it in that perspective, that's so true. You know, so many back and forth emails could have been avoided if we just sat down and had a conversation and it comes from that perspective. Hey, we're on the same team. We're both trying to help it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I I think it shows our students that we want them to be communicators, right? So we have to model for them that, that it can't always just be emojis and a quick text message to try and get your point across. Like, Let's, let's see each other's facial reactions and responses. Yeah. So true. <laughs> so we'd love to hear a little bit about your story um, in terms of like, we know that you almost left the classroom and you kind of switched your perspective to be more, you know, how can I make this more uh, manageable and not have the overwhelm and feeling like I want to quit teaching, which I know some of our listeners do feel, you know, some of our, our teachers that we talk to on Instagram on a daily basis, they're really struggling right now. Um, especially this year. So we'd love to kind of hear your story and your advice for perseverance. Yeah, you know, um, when I say the book is self-deprecating, I talk a lot about that first year, especially because I was, I was doing academic fundraising. I actually got my teaching credential initially because I thought it would make me a better fundraiser if I understood pedagogy. And when I had the chance to deep dive into graduate work, I realized like, oh, I, I really want to be in the classroom. I don't want to be on the outside. And so I went in with, I wanted to teach seventh grade, which left so many people scratching their heads because that seventh grade is such a hard year and it's painful for the kids. It's painful for anybody watching them go through it. And, but I just, I really wanted to be in middle school. And um, I went in just like so idealistic, which I think you have to as a teacher. I think you have to go in with lofty goals. You, you have to go in wanting to, if not change the world, change 
the lives, the intellect, the, the emotional well-being of the students in your classroom. And I went in knowing my intentions, but my families didn't. The parents of my students didn't. They saw me as a first-year teacher, um, young, green. They, they told me flat out that they thought I'd be better teaching kindergarten than seventh grade, which was just like yeah. a knife in my heart. Um, it, it, yeah, I, that conversation just is so blazoned in my brain. Um, and so it took a long, it took a long time. And it took a lot of me sitting back and crying and looking at this career change that I had made and being like, what was I thinking? This was the worst thing I could have done. Um, but I had an administrator who what, became my mentor. And she just kept saying like, it, it, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Like it's going, you have to earn their trust. Middle schoolers are going to try and annihilate you because they think they can. And you have to be able to stand up to that. And same with the parents, you know, they have to see that you are resilient. They have to see that you know what you're doing. And by showing up day in and day out and hearing their criticisms and responding to their criticisms and making changes where parents were very valid I began to really develop that resolve that I think every teacher does. You've got to have that veneer because whether you're a first year teacher or you're in your, you know, 14th year as an administrator, the barbs are going to fly and you have to be able to look inward and be like, I'm doing everything I can. I'm doing everything that I know is right by this child and I'm, we're, we're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that and setting boundaries were, were kind of the two things that that's, sense of resolve and, and realizing that I can't be accessible all hours of every day and every night. There has to be a clear cut time where I take a break and give myself the rest to be able to face the next day. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. is so true. I'm just thinking like, I remember when I put my work email on my phone and then I felt like I always had to respond, you know, throughout the night to parents. And it was like, no, I don't have to do this. You know, huh. work is at work, but it's yeah. a hard thing to set those boundaries. Absolutely. It is. I think that those are great, you know, setting boundaries and then like learning to have that resolve. I think sometimes, you know, the, the challenge of the journey is what makes us a lot stronger of teachers, you know, and I quit after three and a half years and I, I didn't have a supportive administration. I couldn't handle it anymore. I was disillusioned with education. I was like, forget this. I don't want to be a part of this. And then I just realized, you know, I meant to be a teacher in some capacity. So when I went back, I just, I had this conversation with myself, like I can't do what I did before because I'm not going to make it. So something has to change when I go back into the classroom. And we talk about that in our book that's coming out in June too. And it's so interesting how personal life experiences lead you to, I'm sure this was obviously, as you told us your story, how our book came about, you know, and how your book came to fruition too, mm -hmm. is just these experiences that we have that I think a lot of people hearing and reading about can benefit from you know? So let's Definitely. get into this year and this, you know, difficult year that teachers are facing. You mentioned that it's happening at your own school, right? There are teachers who are saying, I'm, you know, I'm not coming back next year and you're going to have to fill those roles. But what advice do you have for teachers right now who are thinking, you know, of giving up and saying, this isn't for me. Is there anything you would tell them from your experience to say, stick with it or any advice you have for them? Well, definitely stick with it because I think anyone who comes to the table with a heart for kids and a heart for education, that's what we need. Like that's what this industry needs. I think that 
in some ways as overwhelming as COVID and remote learning and hybrid learning has been for us to navigate, I love the evolution that has come out in terms of strategies and creativity and ways to make education accessible to students wherever they are. Um, and I really hope that we as an industry lean into that. Mm -hmm. You know, that we don't necessarily just, when things hopefully go back to somewhat normal in the fall, we don't forget what we've learned over the last 18 months, you know? And there mm -hmm. are kids who have thrived in remote learning, that the social pressures are off and they really get to just feel like they're in their own comfort zone. So industry-wide, I hope we continue to lean into that. For teachers, my, my biggest piece that I, I say to my colleagues is, if you can teach in Zoom, if you can teach in remote learning in the middle of a pandemic, you can do anything, but you can certainly do anything in the classroom when we go back in the fall. And so taking the summer months to hopefully be able to really just take a break, to recharge, to refresh. Most of the time teachers during the summer, it's about professional development and getting some credits in. And my advice this year is if you can this summer, you've, you've done the professional development, you've run the marathon the last 18 months, take a break. Um, and then come back next year and give it another shot. Don't just throw in the towel now due to COVID, but give it another year. And if after next year, you're like, um, it's still not for me, totally get it. Mm -hmm. um, but we need good teachers. We need teachers who are passionate about empowering kids and um, uh, tenured teachers, especially. We want to keep them with us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that advice. I um, do too. You sound like such a, a positive administrator. Totally. Like I can just feel that you really care about your teachers. And we all know like as teachers, that's so important to have an admin who is supportive and promotes, you know, mental health and well-being. And I just like that you're telling your teachers, take a break this summer. It makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. That's, that's the mentorship that I was guided under. And that was just, I knew I, I'm an optimistic person anyway. Um, but that was how I knew I wanted to be myself. I mean, mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't create team dynamics if if you don't give everybody the space to breathe and to rest and to recharge and yeah. Yeah. Well, much appreciated <laughs> from your teachers. I'm well, sure. If I ever go back to the classroom, I want you to be my principal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Come, I would love it. <laughs> um, so Meredith, as we wrap up, can you let us know where our listeners could maybe pick up your book? Can they just go on to Amazon? Where is it available for them? Yeah, it is. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, bookshop.org. Um, I also keep a blog um, on my website and you can order my book through there, overlyhonestteacher.com. Um, but yeah, find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm around and um, love it when I get the chance to collaborate with, with parents and teachers alike. Awesome. Well, thanks mm -hmm. so much, Meredith, for coming on the podcast. We really enjoyed talking to you. I think our teachers are going to really enjoy listening to this episode. I mean, you speak especially I just love it as like the inside peek at a principal. It's like, we always yeah. want to know, like, what are they really thinking and what's on their mind? So it's so fun to hear. I love it. Well, thanks so much, Meredith. And thanks so much, everybody for joining us this week on the podcast. We will see you all next week. Have a good week, everybody. Bye everyone.